It's Thursday night and you know what that means. Welcome to Max Wrestling 348. This is your captain speaking and I am currently flying solo awaiting the arrival of El Jefe. But 348, that means we're exactly one year away from our 400th episode. So this week we've got predictions for full gear which I'm going to wait for. I was going to kick off the show with but I'm going to wait for Moses because I know he's uh, obviously going to want to predict that. Uh, one of the most anticipated AEW pay-per-views. But for fuck's sake, Tony. Can you stop doing pay-per-views on a Saturday? Because, of course, I've got an open shift on Sunday. Which means I'm sleeping Saturday evening and then pulling an all-nighter. Because I ain't missing cowboy shit. And I damn sure ain't missing punk and Kingston. So before we get into all that. And while we wait for Moses. Let's go back in time. It's this week in wrestling history. So, on November 5th, 2001, The Rock became a two-time WCW champion defeating Chris Jericho on Raw. This episode also featured a hardcore title match, a US title match, a European title match, and Test defeated Edge for the Intercontinental Championship. Also on October 5th in 2015, Seth Rollins was forced to relinquish the WWE Championship after suffering a torn ACL during a house show in Dublin. And also on November 5th in 2017, Gail Kim defeated Ali and Sienna at Bound for Glory to win her 7th Knockouts Championship. She vacated the title a few days later on Impact and retired for the first time. On November 6th, 1995, after the controversial finish to Halloween Havoc where the Giant defeated Hulk Hogan uh, for the WCW Championship by disqualification, the Giant was stripped of the WCW World Championship. Also on November 6th in 2006, former promo order member Brittany Savage appeared on SmackDown as Brittany Carter facing Beth Phoenix. And on November 7th, 1979, Harley Race defeated Giant Baba on a house show in Amagaski, Japan to become a four-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. This was the second of four title changes between the two of them between 79 and 1980. On November 7th, 2017, in a rare title change in the UK, AJ Styles defeated Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship at a SmackDown taping in Manchester. On November 9th, 1997, need I say more? One of the most talked about scandals in pro wrestling history, the infamous Montreal Screwjob at Survivor Series. The night Bret Hart refused to drop the WWE Championship to Shawn Michaels and Vince called for the bell. And today in 2012, sorry, let me say that in mere style, 2012, Prince Devitt defeated Low IQ, aka Loki, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship at New Japan's 40th anniversary. And 
birthdays this week. On November 5th, Alison Kay, a.k.a. Sienna, turned 34. On November 6th, Nick Aldis turned 35. AWA legend Ken Patera turned 79. On November 7th, Muhammad Hassan turned 40. And Tony Schiavone turned 64. On November 8th, Julia Hart turned 20, Kazuchika Okada turned 34, Keith Lee turned 37, and Ted DiBiase Jr. turned 39. On November 9th, Chris Jericho turned 51, Peter Doon, a.k.a. Pete Dunn, turned 28. Uh, yesterday, Cassie Lee turned 29, and today, happy birthday to Billy Gunn, who turns 58. LA Knight is 39 today, Crystal Marshall, 38, and happy 27th birthday to Leo Rush. You know what? While we're waiting for Moses, why don't we just plug next week's epic special event promo series? How about that? Let's do it. Here we go. Promo Series 6 Justice Day is next week. It's the first special event in the new era of Max Wrestling. Write it down, stick it on a post-it note. We begin this Tuesday with the first ever Ring of Games. I promise you it'll be the most unique wrestling trivia you've ever seen. As Chad Malcolm, Moses Marquez, The Phoenix and Travis Anderson compete to become the first ever Max Wrestling Television Champion. But... That's only the first fight between these four as the Phoenix defends the Knowledge Championship in the traditional winner stays on gauntlet against Chad, Moses and Travis. Chance for somebody to walk away with two titles. But a chance for these two to walk away with three titles as Chad also defends his World Championship against Moses Marquez and it's a predetermined promo exhibition which means the two of them know the outcome, nobody else does. And finally, after just over three years, Robert Davis takes his last ride in Max Wrestling as he steps up and bows out in a promo exhibition with The Shape. Promo Series 6 Justice Day, November 16th and 18th. Go to maxwrestling.net slash promo series 6 for more information. Didn't see you there. So here we are in Promo Climax Week number 3. So, you guys already know that I'm a multiple-time champion in RWT. Um, yo, I'm here. I'm there. I'm a little bit of everywhere. I'm the most must-see in all of RWT. But what you guys didn't know is that I'm also the RWT statistician. So, what it is that they actually call me? The stat man. So, I've been working on a formula today as to why I'm not only going to defeat my opponent this week, Mr. Mr. Larkin, I am also going to win the promo climax. So I've been crunching some numbers, doing a little uh, long division, addition, subtraction, all that good stuff, and I've come up with this formula, um, the climax uh, equation, if you will, as to why I'm not only going to win this week, next week, and the following week after that, month, match, whatever. Um, it's all relevant at this point because I'm going to win it. Um, and I want to take this opportunity to show you guys. So let's get started. So first off, we're going to take the number of uh, victims as um, probably slayed over the years uh, with his promos. And it's well over 9,000, I can tell you this much. Um, you know, on cold days in November when the wind hits the northeast direction, um, words are just like poison and everybody dies in his path. But when he actually speaks, 
I'd have a hard time paying attention. So we're going to take that number. We're going to divide it by 7,000. And um, it's going to get us to the actual number of uh, promos that Mr. Dimnero might win, which is zero. That may be different at the time you guys see this, but I highly doubt it. Uh, we're going to take the chance of Mr. Larkin actually defeating me this week, which is no chance in hell. We're going to add uh, the appeal of one Mr. Amir Blackbane's actual promos and the fierceness that he wishes to uh, proclaim in his promos here, um, which is also zero, um, because he's not intimidating, because the guy is constantly smiling, and the promos are just not threatening. Sorry, buddy. Um, we're going to take the best face in the business, Mr. Daniel Crimmins, and we're going to divide that by the actual confidence Mr. Kirkendall had in actually being victorious and he hasn't won a promo yet and um, has failed to deliver on what he was actually going to do. So that brings us to a round number of zero. But there's 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 not it's not over yet there's still hope that we've got quite a couple a uh, couple of weeks to go here now we're going to add in the ridiculousness of uh, mr. Burnham's promos which side note by the way mr. Burnham I haven't watched any promos throughout this whole climax really because I just don't give a shit um, but I've actually did watch two, and uh, they were both yours, and I found them very entertaining, so bravo, good sir. Um, you still suck, though. I mean, I just want you to know that. So we're going to take all that ridiculousness. Um, we're going to factor in everything else together. Um, we're going to add in Monty Lynn. I think she's a 10, but... You know, you subtract about 7, and that will bring her to a 3.5, which will take that 0 and turn it into a negative 3, which is going to get us the results of uh, the equation here as to why I am going to win. Well, I, uh, I guess I'm gonna have to predict full gear all by myself, so, uh, yeah, here we go, alright, uh, pre-show match, um, right off the bat, I have absolutely no idea why this is happening, uh, Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa, I'm just gonna go straight for Shida and Rosa because, again, no idea why the match is happening, but, um, yeah, well, whatever. Don't, don't get it. But should be a fun match-ish. 
Thankfully, it's on. It's on the not the pre-show, the the buy-in show. So, on to the main card. We have nine matches, um, which I'm sure will be enough to keep me up all night. So, um, let's kick it off with what I expect to kick off the show: the AW World Title Eliminator Tournament Final. Um, Brian Danielson, B. Dry versus Miro. Um. My my prediction is probably predictable. Um, Brian Danielson, purely because Miro was added to the tournament, and unless they change their minds like halfway through the tournament, it seems B Dry was always destined to get to the final round, which means he was probably always destined to win. Unless Mox was going to win, I don't know. But uh, Miro obviously wasn't in the original plans, so I'm going with B-Dry. And uh, again, we t- we talked about this last week. It's probably going to lead to Babyface versus Babyface for the world title, which is fine. But yeah, um, you would you would normally expect a, a heel to be the first challenger for a huge Babyface champion, which we'll get to in just a little bit, but. Um, be dry is obviously the favorite in this tournament, so that's my pick. Match number two. Um, let's go with the false count anywhere, um, which is gonna be a, a clusterfuck. Oh, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click, Adam Cole, baby, and the Young Bucks. Um, so my prediction for this one boils down to the fact that. Cage and Jurassic Express have been making Super Click their bitches. Um, they've just got the upper hand every time they've come to blows in recent weeks. Uh, and of course, that even led to a pretty vicious concerto to Adam Cole, actually. I mean, Cage is the babyface. Adam Cole's the heel. That that was a little bit uncalled for. Um so <laughs> Poor Adam Cole. So, based on all of that, I'm going with the Super Click. Um, Cage is just coming back into AEW after losing the Impact World title. Um, Jurassic Express are always going to be over, but Adam Cole hasn't quite made an impact in AEW yet since his debut. His debut is huge. Um... And he really hasn't done much since then besides fool around with the Young Bucks and get kissed by the Young Bucks. So um, I think Cole needs a big win. And we need to kind of see that mean streak from Adam Cole. So I expect um, some retaliation on Cage and Super Click to get the victory in this all-out brawl. Um, Next, we'll go with Darby Allin and MJF. Um, it's kind of tough because both kind of need a win. Um, but I think Darby Allen needs to win more. Um, MJF is always going to be seen as the biggest asshole on the planet because of how good of a heel he is. So I don't think losing a match does anything whatsoever. I mean, he barely wrestles half the time anyway he just comes out and cuts scathing promos so um coming off of Darby Allen's last big 
match with Punk. And obviously losing it, I think Darby needs to regain some momentum. Um, so I I uh, I pick Darby Allen to get the win, regain a little bit of momentum, and MJF moves on to feud with the next poor soul. Uh, tag. There's a couple of tag matches on the card. Next tag match, we have Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo versus. Pa- um, Sorry, yeah, versus Pack and Cody Rhodes. Um, hell of a performance by Pack last night on Dynamite, by the way. But uh, it still seems kind of an unlikely duo in Pack and Cody. So, eh, I, I, I don't know if I see them um, failing to coexist, or if they're just going to be a little bit of miscommunication, or if they're literally just gonna get caught out but there's a lot more cohesiveness between Malachi and Andrade and uh, let's be honest the feud between Malachi and Cody Malachi got two wins from it Cody got the final win Um, and obviously people weren't happy about it you know people are beginning to reject Cody so I think Malachi and Andrade getting the win would be great for Malachi um, and great for Andrade. But uh, I think it would really help the boiling tension between the audience and Cody Rhodes if he takes, uh, if he takes the L in this match. And particularly from Malachi. Um, because, I mean, technically Malachi won the feud, two out of three, but... Um, then, of course, Cody got a little bit of revenge with his win. So I think Malachi needs to take one back again. And then, we, can we just move on, please? Uh, Cody can go feud to somebody else. Uh, maybe Malachi and Andrade can go after the tag titles. I don't know. They make a good team. <clears throat> um, speaking of team, Lucha Bros are, of course, the AEW World Tag Team Champions. They'll be defending against FTR. Um straight up tag match which I guess is right in FTR's wheelhouse but way too soon for me for Lucha Bros to even consider dropping those belts um so I I don't see FTR taking them back in this match Lucha Bros are on a roll right now, so keep those belts on them. Um, I would say for as long as possible, but uh, FTR are too good to go too long without gold. So um, I definitely see them winning the titles back at some point down the line, but right now just keep them on on Lucha Bros. Um, We have, of course, the Women's World Championship, Burt Baker and Ty Conti. Ty Conti, sorry. Um... First of all, it's about fucking time um, Ty Conti was showcased for as good as she is. She stood out in NXT but never really got the chance to amount to much. Um, And she has very quickly become one of the top women in AEW. Now, if it wasn't up against Britt Baker, I'd say she has a good shot because she really did look like a star this, um, this past week, last night on Dynamite. But 
Brett Baker's just in a league of her own. Um, uh, as much as I want to see Ty Conti, um gain some success and gain some gold, Brett Baker's too good right now to, uh, again, to even consider taking the title away from her. She is completely in control of that women's division. Um, and how long has she been champion now? Uh, 165 days, so yeah, way too soon to take that title from her. I actually wouldn't be surprised if she uh, beats Sheeda's record of 372, or at the very least holds it for a year. So, um, yeah. Uh, it used to be Deanna Peraza was the safest bet on pay-per-view, but Britt Baker right now is the <laughs> safest bet when it comes to women's title matches. So, Britt, um, you know, mad respect for Ty Conti, um, but Britt Baker is is the one. Oh, my God, this match. CM Punk. Uh, it, it still looks weird seeing his name on a match card, but CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, holy shit. It's... First of all, the segment on Rampage was out of this world. Um, and this is exactly what I've waited, what well, we've waited for seven years for. It, it wasn't to see CM Punk, you know, just walk out on stage and hear a cult of personality. It was, it was CM Punk sinking his teeth into a feud. And this is exactly what he's done with Eddie Kingston. Um, since he came back to wrestling and debuted in AEW, we've seen happy-go-lucky Punk. Or uh, Love Fest Punk, as Taz called it. And it's been nice, you know, seeing him so happy and seeing him interact with the fans and l literally just be happy to be in a wrestling ring. Um, having good matches with great talent. But Punk is a hell of a storyteller. And Eddie Kingston is absolutely untouchable at selling a feud on the mic. He has so much acid in his tongue um he makes you believe every single word and you know maybe he is putting a lot of true feelings into this i don't know exactly what happened between eddie kingston and the uh the indie locker room back in the day um or if there is genuine animosity there or if they are just this good but punk and eddie are just on fire with this feud and I actually think Kingston will be the first person to beat Punk in AEW. Um, I think, first of all, he needs to win because he really hasn't had much luck in AEW. He's just been known as this great talker who hasn't won much. Um, and, you know, he's lost his tag team partner in Mox for the time being. Um, he's lost... A, couple of title matches I think so Eddie definitely needs some success and I don't think Punk would have a problem putting Eddie Kingston over I don't think he had a problem putting Darby Allen over but the problem was that was his first match in seven years he couldn't afford to lose it but now Punk has established himself as you know he's back in wrestling he's had a, um, a good few months in AEW I think now is a good time to um, do the job for Eddie Kingston um, and I think fans would be a little less forgiven if Punk beat Kingston because 
Eddie Kingston's a popular guy, you know, and in in the story, he's <clears throat> uh, he he's kind of coming off as the victim. So I think it makes perfect sense for Eddie Kingston to win, um, and it, it obviously would be huge for him to be the first person in seven years to uh, to pin CM Punk. Or, or tap out CM Punk or whatever, but uh, first person in seven years to beat CM Punk, it would be huge for Eddie Kingston, um, he can go on to bigger things, Punk would still be in good favour with the fans, so I think that would be the right call uh, for Punk to put Eddie over. Um, <clears throat> Minneapolis Street Fight, Inner Circles, Chris Jericho, Jake Gager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz versus... Um, Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and American Top Teams, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, and Fat Face Dipshit, Dan Lambert. Um, first of all, I I don't want to pick at a, a Dan Lambert who, you know, he's, he's not a wrestler, but um, man, that, that powerbomb <laughs> to Jericho last night. Uh, through the table, almost Dudley Boy style, almost went very badly wrong. Um, you know, fortunately, they, they realized that Dan wasn't going to be able to carry Jericho all the way down uh, in perfect time, so they, they helped him <laughs> power pump Jericho through the table. But um, as far as the street fight goes, Moses and I talked about this last week, and it's a tough one to call because... You know, the MMA guys don't want to look weak coming up, um, losing to the wrestlers, the you know, the fake fighters, whatever. But at the same time, this is in a circle defending, not just wrestling, not just AEW, but wrestling. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of scenarios. I mean, Jericho could get the win on Lambert, which wouldn't really hurt anybody. Um... Or men of the year could get the win for their team because they are the wrestlers, so that wouldn't really hurt in a circle. Um, but we know AEW prefer to try to please the fans, unlike the other company. So uh, I think they, uh, I think they please the fans with Jericho just getting one over on Dan Lambert. I mean, I think that that's, that's what this has all been leading up to, you know. Um, <laughs> Jericho embarrassing the fat-faced dipshit. So, Jericho gets to win for Inner Circle. Um, it's a street fight. There's ten people involved. It's going to be chaos. There's going to be plenty of opportunities to single somebody out. So, I think, you know, chaos everywhere, all around the arena. And it just ends up with Jericho and Lambert in the middle of the ring. Um, and I don't really feel like I need to predict the main event. Uh, Kenny Omega defending the world title against Hangman Adam Page. Oh, it's the payoff to one of the longest stories in years. Um, we all, we keep hearing the phrase long-term storytelling. Um, th there's no denying it. Long-term storytelling is a lost art form, um, particularly in WWE, because the majority of their fan base have the attention span or the patience of a five-year-old. So, 
um, they can't tell long-term stories in WWE because the fans will just get bored of it, turn on it, you know, look at Daniel Bryan, Road to WrestleMania. Yeah, it was still huge, but a lot of people still turned on him halfway through. Um, it's it's tough to really pinpoint exactly where this story began. Um, most people have now pretty much got it down to it's been told since the very beginning. Uh, if you go back to uh, AEW's announcement, the announcement that of AEW on being the elite, obviously Cody and the Bucks had double or nothing on their phone screens and then Adam Page was like, I got something different on mine and it was the AEW logo. So literally, um, Adam Page was the one who announced AEW as a thing. Um, and of course, ever since then, he's, I mean, he's had some success. He had a hell of a run with Kenny as tag team champions. Um, and then of course, he lost his smile. Um, he's, he's been the underdog for a long time, um, he lost his confidence, you know, he fell out of favor with the elite, um, he found a dark order, he struggled to get wins, he, he lost, um, a title match before, uh, to Kenny, now is the perfect time, um, some people may disagree, maybe he needs more heat, so I've read, but um, I think if they don't pull the trigger now, which because everybody is expecting it, I think it'll blow back in AEW's faces. So, um, it may be very predictable, but I don't think there's anything wrong with rewarding Adam Page and rewarding the fans with this long-term story, and you know, finally concluding it with. Um, Hangman finally getting the dub and becoming the world champion. Um, I mean, I said when, obviously, he was against Jericho in the first ever AEW world title match. Um, and it made sense, you know, to introduce your company by putting the world title on a recognized face. Everybody knows Chris Jericho. Um, and it was okay because I think most of us were pretty confident that he will be champion someday it just made more sense to introduce the title with a huge name like Jericho but I now now is Adam Page's time he's over as fuck um he's established himself as one of the top guys in AEW he's been patient he's put the work in he looks like a star um, it, if not now, when? Um, I think if not now, the momentum will fade. So, now is the time for Hangman to become the world champion. And like we said, then it's probably going to be Brian Danielson versus Adam Page for the world title, which is fine. You know, even though it's face versus face, they're going to pull on a hell of a match. Um, <clears throat> and again, that may be B Dry's first loss, which again would be huge for Adam Page, so there you go, those are Full Gear predictions.
Davis, one of the most brilliant and creative people I've ever known. After everything you've done in a promo order, before it was even an order, when it was just a bunch of people in a tournament since day one, and I can't let you walk off into the sunset without a proper goodbye. At the aptly named Promo Series 6, Justice Day, I invite you for one last ride. With the shape. this would be Moses's segment but uh, I'm gonna take it this week so uh, I've actually got two to get through so here's the geek of the week geek, pretty freak, scum with a lousy he's a one man no cut losing streak nothing but a pencil neck geek First of all, I'm going to get into this in a little bit when I talk about NXT, but first Geek of the Week 
is whichever fucking geek came up with the fucking name Jacket Time. You, you, you're a motherfucking geek. Now, um, second geek of the week. Duke Hudson. Just Duke Hudson. Um, I don't give a shit about you playing poker, dude. I don't give a shit. I'm not I'm not watching poker stars, I'm watching fucking wrestling. I don't give a shit if you got a full house or not. I didn't care for the segments last week. Um and I also didn't appreciate you calling Cameron Grimes a hick. Um I did like Cameron Grimes getting fired up in a segment though. I think it's uh, about damn time we saw uh a little bit of a angry side to Cameron Grimes because he is such a fun character, but you know, the Dude can wrestle, and when he gets serious, dude's dangerous. So, um, Cameron Grimes, you you exemplified all my feelings this week on getting bowed up on Duke Hudson because that motherfucker is a geek of the week. Uh, and let's let's get straight into uh, wrestler of the week because it's it's fresh in my mind, um, and we've just done. Predictions for full gear, so hit the music. Uh, Wrestle of the Week because it made me believe that this person is a star, um, even though I don't think they're going to win. Purely because of who they're against. But. If this person was against anybody else. I would. Fully. Um, believe that they were going to win. So. Um, my wrestler of the week is Ty Conti. Uh, she absolutely looked amazing last night. Um, in terms of looking like a legit challenger. Um, and she, you know. Her future has to be bright. I, uh, I don't like. I said I don't expect her to beat Britt Baker, but uh, you know, Tony, don't, don't, uh, don't forget about Ty Conti. You know, once this Britt Baker reign is over, don't forget about Ty. She, she's got potential, my man. So what else has been happening this week? So we've got Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch. Confirmed for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, okay, we kind of knew we were getting it last week. This this is classic WWE. Let's let's tease a new challenger and then have them win a multi-person qualifier as if any of the other fuckers were ever gonna win. Um, they did exactly the same thing with Shayna Baszler, um, with Becky Lynch, but uh, you know whatever. Um, I'm not exactly sure when the match is going to happen, um, because obviously Survivor Series is champion versus champion, you know, brand versus brand, and at the moment we are stuck with Becky versus Charlotte for the 271st time. Um, actually, Chad was uh, was at a WWE event last night, and the main event was Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Again, for like the 200th time. Honestly, if I knew that was the main event, I'd have walked the fuck out of there. 
I don't give a shit. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not complaining that we got Liv Morgan versus Becky. I'm just complaining about the way they did it because it was we, we already knew it was going to happen. What, what was the point in the Fatal Five Way on Raw if we all knew Liv was gonna challenge Becky? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you you literally teased it backstage last week. Did what? <laughs> And I said Adam Cole, um, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega was predictable. But anyway, do I see Liv Morgan dethroning Becky Lynch? Oh, I think it would be huge for Liv. Um, she, like many people have complained about recently, she's had so many false starts to a push that it's become a joke. Um. And it makes no sense because, again, she's just like Adam Page. She's over as fuck. Um, <sighs> Becky has been champion every active day since WrestleMania 35. Every active day. So, combined, she's... <sighs> I think, what is she, approaching Becky 500 or something? I think the hashtag was... Um, so, I don't think there's a problem with her dropping the title, um, <clears throat> again, I don't know when the match is gonna be, they didn't announce it, they just said Liv Morgan's gonna challenge Becky Lynch, um, maybe it'll be the, the night after Survivor Series, I don't know, but, uh, I would not be surprised, actually, if, uh, if Becky dropped the title to Liv Morgan, I mean, I would be surprised because it would be WWE doing a good thing. But, <clears throat> um, again, they, they've they been teasing Liv Morgan's push for so long now. You kind of, you just doubt every time she gets close to it. So, uh, um, you know you know what WWE are doing? They're edging. They're edging us with Liv Morgan. Uh, and it sucks. Just, if you're going to push her, fucking push her. <laughs> Um, I mean, and as far as women goes, NXT has basically become Toxic Tuesday. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the only thing that matters right now in NXT is Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose is absolutely fucking killing it. Um, although, I, I mean, to be honest, actually, the only thing that matters in NXT is the women's division. Um, the women right now are owning NXT, uh, and it's great to see, but... I, I, it's it's kind of been like that for a while in NXT. The, the women often outshine uh, the men in NXT. There's just so much great talent in that women's locker room. Um, and to see, you know, um, Raquel and Dakota Kai continue their feud with the addition of Cora Jade, you know, Kind of getting involved, but then taking a step back for Raquel to do her thing uh, is cool. It's uh, it's cool to see uh, Cora Jade, you know, getting herself into storylines. Um, I've spoke about it before on the show, how I, I heard she was signed to NXT like a year before they announced it, which made very little sense, but uh, I'm excited to see her, her do big things in NXT uh, 
And then we also got a tease for Kaylee Ray and Mandy Rose, which I'm all for. Yeah, know, let's do it. Um, so on the men's side of NXT, fuck me. So Boa has basically taken Finn Balor's demon gimmick. Um, now flickering red lights regenerates him and turns him into a badass and turns him into beast mode. What? 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 What the fuck? Whatever. Uh, and then you've got fucking Jacket Club. Jacket fucking club. Are you people still going to try and tell me that Vince and Pritchard don't have their fingerprints on NXT because who the fuck came up with that name? Who? Who was it? It, it had to be Vince. That's that's completely a Vince thing. Um, And I'll tell you what else is definitely a Vince thing. You know, the whole conversation between Jiro... Um, uh, and Kushida, you know, uh, you're Japanese, I am Japanese too, yeah, that's Vince's entire basis for a tag team, they're the same nationality, they can team up, fuck, fuck off Vince, that's, that's Vince 101, is what that is, it's bullshit, is what that is, so, um, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it, to be honest, <laughs> It's it's so difficult when you have a co-host every single week for uh, six years, um, and you've got nobody to bounce back off. M- Moses would have made this twice as long because you know he he would have uh, had his own opinions. Um, so what I'm gonna do is hype up next week's promo series because I don't know how to describe. Uh, Ring of Games, unless you're a Ring of uh, House of Games fan, if obviously you've never seen House of Games, so go to YouTube and just look up Richard Osman's House of Games. That's literally what we're gonna do next week, but wrestling. Um, and I can't tell you how how much I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, it's completely unique in forms of quizzing, and even more unique you know, making a wrestling version of it, um, and you know, add to that, we're going to make it for the TV championship, the first ever TV champion is going to be crowned in the ring of games, um, so, promo series next week is going to be big, there's a lot of trivia, um, it's the first special event of the new era of Max Wrestling, like I said, obviously there's no promo championship anymore, um, so it's it's kind of bittersweet. Well, it was going to be bittersweet because this was going to be the first special event um, <clears throat> since the addition of the promo title without the promo championship, and also it's it was it was going to be the third anniversary, third, nine, yeah, third anniversary of the promo championship. Um, we introduced that at promo series in twenty eighteen. So it's it's kind of poetic, really, that we're. Introducing a new championship to replace the promo title at the same event that the promo title was born on. So, um, it, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. We lost one title, but we're replacing it with another one, which is just as exciting. 
So uh, again, let me just explain the TV title. It's going to be determined by trivia. Um, but the champion will have to cut a promo every 30 days at least in order to keep the championship. Moses um, <clears throat> has promised that if he wins the TV title, he's going <laughs> to cut a promo every week because he looks at the TV title as the workhorse title. Uh, Moses is nothing if not a workhorse. We know that. <clears throat> um, Robert Davis, The Shape. I've been promoting it, but nobody seems to actually know if uh, Robert is still going to show up. Because, of course, the Blackhearts left the promo order a couple of months ago. Um, so... I don't know if you're going to get what I've been promoting, but you're definitely going to get a promo from the shape either way. Um, and no matter what, it's still going to be a celebration of Robert Davis's tenure on Max Wrestling, um, which I am so appreciative of and can't say enough good things about. And I, I just don't know how to express how grateful I and everybody else has been to experience the, uh, the Robert Davis train. So we'll see what happens at promo series. Uh, because again, it's it's just a promo exhibition. Um, and as for the world championship, that's also a promo exhibition, but it's predetermined. So there is a winner, but they decide, not us. Um, we eliminated public votes because that was why we had to get rid of the promo championship. There was just too many problems um, you know, name throw in and, you know, shot taken and the the vote system just wasn't working. It 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 was working because it was the system was technically fair. Uh yes, you could vote as many times as you wanted, but like I said, if there's any more than two votes from one same person in a day I deleted them. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it felt like people weren't getting the message, so. Voting on promos is gone. Promo championship is gone. We've tried to eliminate that competitive element to promos, so, um, the, the only competition we focus on now is knowledge and trivia, because, let's face it, you can't be accused of faking that, right? It's all down to how much you know. But um, the World Championship has always been determined via knowledge or promo. And it's mainly going to be knowledge. But Chad and Moses decided that they would like to keep the promo stipulation. Um, because the difference with the World Championship was it wasn't public vote if it was a promo bout. It would be determined by people involved. So, um, just like you saw with the shape in the Phoenix, <coughs> um, in the cinematic showdown, and just like you saw the demoness technically defeat the kingpin by ripping out his tongue, um, this is going to be a predetermined result. Um, Moses and Chad knows who's going to walk away with the world title. I don't know. You guys don't know. None of us are going to know until promo series, so... Ah, there we go. Promo series is next week. I 
have done my best to promote this show for the past couple of months since Promo Slam. Um, it's been a lot tougher to promote since um, the promo order fell apart. Um, I hope my intention for promo series is to go back to the happy place. Remember Max Wrestling, the happy place. Um, my hope is to reinvigorate everybody's passion um, for the championships in Max Wrestling. And, you know, as far as full gear goes, Mike is defending the Predictions Championship. As of this week, he has broken Travis Anderson's record for the longest reign as Predictions Champion, which was previously 42 days. Um, as of today, Mike is on 45. So congratulations, Mike. I know you'll be listening. Um, and again, with Mike um, being mentioned... Last week we announced Mike would be leaving his um, permanent seat on Max Wrestling. He'll be showing up occasionally. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's been a hell of a ride for Mike. He's been here almost as long as I have. Um, obviously I've only ever missed one episode. And after me, Mike has appeared on the most episodes. Um, he has his... Um, handprints all over Max Wrestling's history. Um, he's the longest reigning knowledge champion ever. He's now the longest reigning predictions champion. Um, it's it's weird, um, but we've gone through a lot of lineup changes over the years, and it's just something we'll adjust to. But um, it's it's kind of again, it's kind of poetic that a promo series won in 2016 was Mike's first special event and he's now going to be um, bowing out at the same events so uh, Mike thank you very much for your services it's been a hell of a ride um, you know it's not goodbye it's just till next time so ladies and gentlemen promo series 6 has a lot going on make sure you're there next week and your week for this week, it is now complete. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us at Max Wrestling UK on social media. And of course, thank you to uh, everybody on SoundCloud. We love those uh, those downloads. And of course, our website, as always, is maxwrestling.net. Follow us on social media at the Captain Five One Two at smrpodnet. And for the last time on a weekly show at MCL92. Um, now, normally all you pencil neck geeks would have to listen up at this point because Moses Marquez would tell you what he has in store this week. But of course, Moses isn't here this week. So, uh, you know, just make sure you check out Smart Mark Radio and see um, everything Moses is up to, including Bolt Rant. And Mike, of course, one of the busiest guys I know constantly putting out content um you can check out uh his impact show with daniel crimmins um and of course lfc of course he was the special guest ring announcer recently at a booty camp 3d uh mike is doing big things and uh again i am very sorry this is probably the shortest episode we've ever done apart from the halloween episode last year where we lost the whole fucking show and i had to just fill it with classic promos you stupid piece of shit 
computer, but uh, anyway, I digress. Um, normally, by this, by this time, somebody has jumped on, but uh, looks like I've done the entire show by myself for the first time, so... <laughs> Next week, um, I'm definitely not going to be short of company. We got so many people involved. We got, you know, um, the the four pillars of the new era of Max Rossing, Phoenix, Chad, Moses, Travis, uh, all competing for championships, and of course, the shape, Robert Davis. So, with that said, we will see you for promo series six justice day we got knowledge galore and two promo exhibitions and of course predictions for survivor series remember it all kicks off with a pre-launch show on tuesday november 16th where we crown our first ever tv champion in the ring of games go youtube some house of games now so you know what to expect and also go watch some wrestling and come back and listen to us talk about it goodbye and good night